Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. Well, good afternoon, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia. As always, a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to share this hour every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday here on uh, Live at 4 o'clock. And then, of course, we repeat the program each of those days at uh, 10 p.m. Also reminding you that we are coming to you live right now uh, on all of our audio uh, platforms, uh, meaning our website and our uh, mobile app uh, coming to you also on Amazon Alexa, Google Home, um, and, of course, our, our uh, video is streaming live right now on our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash Domestic Church Media, also Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media, and streaming live video on our homepage at DomesticChurchMedia.org. So tune in. Uh, today, as we've been doing all week, you know, we had a special edition on Monday where Bishop O'Connell joined Cheryl and me, and then yesterday... Uh, we had uh, the good doctor joining us uh, from the Catholic Medical Association. Today, I've invited a familiar voice here at Domestic Church Media. You uh, you hear his voice every first uh, Friday with his co-host, uh, George Rose. I want to welcome Bill Maher. Welcome, Bill. What a pleasure it is to be here. Happy to have you. And uh, I invited you because you have, of course, we, you know, your day job, you have a regular day job. You don't, I do. You're not a big-time radio host here. You have a real <laughs> job that pays. Uh, and uh, maybe just tell our listeners a little bit about that, your background, so that we can get set this up for them. Well, I guess my day job for the last 20 years has been in the, the medical industry from a pharmaceutical side, from the industry side, mm-hmm. uh, biologics. Uh, and I spent a lot of time in, in infectious disease uh, with regards to that. Um, Currently, our, you know, we have a product that delivers antibiotics to treat infection and surgery. Uh, I spent a lot of time and you know, cut my teeth really in the streets of Manhattan, mm-hmm. actually, believe it or not, promoting uh, antibiotics, mm-hmm. Augmentin and amoxicillin and things like that many years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've been in this arena for a long time and uh, sort of been a passion of mine. Okay. So we're going to talk about, obviously, friends, the, the situation, the virus, and, and uh, just all different types of topics. But from that angle... Before we do that, though, as we do every day, we do pray. So I invite you, my friends, wherever you are, uh, to join in praying. And we've been praying this prayer that Pope Francis has composed uh, for protection from the virus and praying for the world, uh, Holy Father uh, invoking the assistance of our Blessed Mother. We'll pray this prayer, and then as he also requested, we pray the prayer to St. Michael uh, and also the Subtum Presidium prayer uh, to our Blessed Mother to protect the Church against the attacks of the devil. So let's begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know that we need, we are certain that you will provide so that you, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross 
to the joy of the resurrection. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. We ask all things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll pray the prayer as Holy Father requested. And he asked us uh, two, almost two years ago to pray this prayer daily as we pray and in invoking the uh, aid and assistance and protection of St. Michael the Archangel to protect the church against the attacks of the devil. So we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, Archangel defend us in battle. battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And this ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, he also requested the Subtum Presidium prayer. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Uh, St. Pope, I'm sorry, uh, Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. And Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Uh, Again, friends, uh, joining me in studio today is our good friend and the host, uh, co-host of Brothers in Arms, Bill Maher. And uh, Bill, you know, you emailed me about a week or so ago and said, you know, would you like me to come on and talk about the virus and all that that means these days? Yeah, no, I, I found a lot of people have asked, you know, what would you do, mm-hmm. right? And, You're and a father of eight. I am. I am indeed. So there's a, I'm a Petri dish into itself. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, right. you know, right. things breed and so forth. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we know that George had a great battle, which, which he's on the winning end of against mm-hmm. cancer. And part of that was to boost his immune system. And, and a, lot of, a lot of the listeners were familiar with that story, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's a topic that I, I take real serious. And, you know, I certainly have a little protocol that I'm offering my family and, and you know, hopefully uh, based on the data, because I'm a big data guy, mm-hmm. you know, going through the whole pharmaceutical world, you, you, you learn to trust the data. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of hokey stuff out there. I mean, I can go on the internet and find, you know, what were we talking about on the break? You know, guys are drinking uh, cleaning fluids. Right. And stuff. There was That's a guy crazy. out in Arizona who who was drinking a fish tank cleaner because it had <laughs> the the uh, the current drug, I guess, that they're the they've been recommending uh, the hydro. What do they call them? Hydro hydrochloroquine. Oh, yeah, it had some of that in it, and so he figured that was going to protect him. Sad. I don't mean to be chuckling, but he passed away. But it wasn't very very smart. No, indeed, it wasn't. I mean, you even see, uh, you know, the hydrochloroquine is actually a quinine derivative. Mm-hmm. It comes from conchita plant bark, really. And obviously, it's, it's used to treat malaria. And the thought process is, in the presence of this virus, it seems to change the pH in our cells, which makes it very unhospitable for this virus to survive. Now, would so, that be unique just to this virus? or as, as, Well, no. It, it, theoretically, it would be beneficial in other virus situations. Mm-hmm. I first heard of it and, and was doing reading with, with regards to a coronavirus. But coronavirus is part of a big family of mm-hmm. viruses. I mean, the, the flu and the cold are, are coronaviruses. Mm-hmm. MERS. Uh, Middle Eastern uh, Respiratory Syndrome, um, uh, SARS, these are all coronaviruses. Mm-hmm. So in theory, it could be beneficial. But I, I think maybe before we even start going into things like that, we, let's put this whole thing in perspective oh, yeah. a little okay, bit. Good. You know, we, <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> well, you know, uh, um, I don't want to belittle this at all, mm. at all. Right. Uh, but there's a difference between mortality and morbidity. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the mortality rate of this virus, okay, mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about anywhere from 
a 98% survivability to a 99.7% survivability. That means that you have a very, 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 very low chance of passing away from this virus. Mm -hmm. Okay? So let's put that in perspective. In fact, the statistics I was looking at just today announced from New York, you know, just in in the United States, rather alone, we've had 55,000 cases and 800 deaths. That's a very low That's since when? January? Yeah, since since January. Mm -hmm. So we're talking very low. So what's... What's that with the flu? The flu, you got about a 99% survivability, 99.9. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's 10 times, statistically 10 times at least more volatile than for against mortality than the flu, but we're talking about percentage points, mm-hmm. you know, 0.1%, 0.2%, 0.3%. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, let's put that in perspective and not completely panic and, and know that chances are you're going to be fine. In fact, in, they announced, Cuomo announced today in New York, there's an 80% of people just, and sometimes they don't even know they have it. Exactly. And they're going to be fine. I think in England, I just read, you know, we heard this morning that Prince Charles has been a confirmed case, but I was reading an article also saying that uh, this particular article said that probably about 50% of Great Britain has it and don't even realize it. Well, that that might be the case here for all That's we know. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the reality is, right. you know, who knows? Someone, someone two months ago could have been coughing with this virus. We have no clue. That's right. Uh, but again, to put it in perspective, 80% without... With minor issues, you know, like like a normal like a normal flu. Okay, that's not such a bad thing. Now, there's a difference between mortality and morbidity. Mm. Mortality is obviously dying from it, right? right? We know that that's very low. Morbidity is is basically telling you how sick you are, how long mm. does it take for you to get better. Now, that does tend to be a bit higher with this. I mean, they're talking anywhere from two weeks of feeling crummy to even six weeks. Mm-hmm. So if you get it, you don't want to get it. You're gonna. There's a chance you're gonna feel crummy for a while. Right. There's a chance. Um, but ultimately, again, the mortality rate is low. So let's not completely panic. I mean, I, I was in Whole Foods the other day. I was telling you, and I, I, sw- I swear I was in, on set for the movie Outbreak. Mm-hmm. There was a guy in there, and he was dressed in a spacesuit, and I was just like, oh, wow. Right. right. And why? I mean, I understand that people, especially those who are in the high risk categories, they're That's more the vulnerable. But for the majority of people, they're not. There and I and there we hear about so many people who are a a a what they call asymptomatic, correct? Uh, who don't show anything. They have it, but don't show anything. And and it's you know, are, are we are we going? Have we gone to the to the extreme where maybe we shouldn't have? Well, on the case of this guy, mm-hmm. maybe he was immunocompromised. Yeah. I mean, because that is a different population. When you look at the mortality rate, it tends to be people that are elderly, and once you get past. The age 70, you, you move from what's called an A host, a healthy person that heals well, to a B host, mm-hmm. someone that has a greater likelihood to infect, whether they get operated on or if they get sick and so forth. So he might have been a B host. He might have been immunocompromised. Patients with HIV have a higher risk. Patients that are going through radiation therapy, they're, they're C hosts, in fact, mm-hmm. even a higher chance. Mm-hmm. So those patients got to be careful. So if you're elderly, if you're immunocompromised in any way, or if you currently have it, then I think, you know, you got to take special precautions, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Right. But for the vast majority of people, take a deep breath, mm-hmm. breathe in, breathe out. You will probably be here right. in three weeks. And the guidelines put forth are just practical guidelines, washing your hands and not touching your eyes, your nose, your mouth. Not, it's you what know, mom always told you what to right, do. Right, exactly. You know, we, we, we <laughs> should, all should have been doing that anyway. 
Um, and, you know, the prevention, the, the, the hand sanitizer things that are out there. Of course, you know, people are now hoarding those types of things. You can't find them. I, I went into ShopRite in Howe, mm-hmm. and that whole section of the store was empty. Empty, right. So now I have to try to buy it when I can get it just for my normal use. Right, exactly. I always have a, a, little, a little thing in my car or my pocket just I've, all year long. You know, I always because if I get a if I get a cold or my I need my voice, so that's my job. So I always do that. I and I come back from the post office each day. I'd wash my hands. I always did that. There was nothing unusual here. So maybe why I'm still here. I suppose I don't know. But well, that's just practical, practical, is, it, it, good hygiene. Good hygiene, you know. And they say actually washing with soaps even better than alcohol mm-hmm. disinfectants because you know viruses. They're made up of three constituents primarily. You have a fatty outer layer. You have proteins and you have RNA. They don't have actually have DNA. They have RNA, mm-hmm. um, ribonucleic acid. And that's how they, they actually spread. You know, mm-hmm. when they go inside the cell, they basically hijack the cell and they tell the cell to produce and, and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So what happens with soap is soaps are made up of phospholipids. Mm-hmm. Fats are lipids, right? So what soap does is it breaks down the actual outer membrane okay. of the virus and it just literally disintegrates, disintegrates. Mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So it's good to know. Wash your hands with soap. For 10 to 20 seconds and take a deep breath and you are going to probably be in, mm. in good shape there. So you have a good knowledge of viruses in general. Well, I, I think everyone's becoming a virologist <laughs> these days, right? Right. Uh, because I was saying, to, I was sharing with you earlier, you know, now when I was growing up and I was a kid I, I, and literally had, I had measles, I had chicken pox, I had mumps, I had German measles, I had polio, I had all these viruses and, you know, Cheryl kind of chuckles, but she said, she said, you never really get sick. I said, first of all, I always wash my hands. <laughs> I've always been well, socially there, distant. How about that? <laughs> I've been socially distant all my life. But is, can a person build up a, 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 an immunity by having gone through some oh, of these horrible things? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, and there's an argument in that. Sometimes hypercleanliness, even in the world of allergies, is a theory as to why people have allergies because they haven't built up a proper immune system so that when something goes wrong, all of a sudden the immune system goes haywire and mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not properly formed, if you will. Yeah. You know, it's funny because my, my, my son and daughter-in-law, they, they have two little children, they're a year and, two, and three years old. When our granddaughter, our first grandchild was born, when she maybe was a year and a half and she had all her teeth and they were giving her nuts, they would, and the doctors were telling them, Give her nuts now. Don't don't let, if she can chew and chew them up, that mm-hmm. way she will, she will, you know, their analogy can't develop. I don't know if that's that's what the pediatricians are saying these days to the kids, because you hear about so many nut allergies. Yeah. But they were saying the doctor was saying let her have, them. and they're not neither one of the two little ones are. Yeah, the, the thought process there is that it's not a foreign body now, right? You exactly. Know, to the immune system. And there's a, that's a that's a topic for a whole other show right. as to why that has happened. Because I know when you and I were growing up, there were no one. I didn't know anyone no, with allergies no, or asthma. Not at all. Not at all. So you know, and I've, we've talked about this on we lived in Bogota. That's why. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Same baptismal font, so by both, the way. We're survivors. We were both baptized in the same font, but way way back. And uh, that maybe that's it. That's the key. Saint Joseph. Go to right? Saint Joseph in Bogota. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, it's true. But you know, there's a whole a whole other theory on that I'm, I'm a believer in um like there's been a real big spike in in uh, allergies and autoimmune diseases mm-hmm. since the 1990s and and again not so much a topic for today but it is interesting that that's when industrial farming started using glyphosate to make wheat and things like that bulk mm-hmm. and what what happens with this this particular pesticide is it attacks the shikimate pathway which is a protein pathway found in plants fungi and bacteria mm-hmm. now we know that you know, our significant part of our immune system is our gut bacteria, our flora, our microbiome. Mm-hmm. And what happens is this actually attacks the microbiome and it can actually penetrate the, the thin layer of your, of your GI mucosa. And right behind your, 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 uh, your, indus- your, your intestinal tract is 
70% of your immune system, the Galt immune system. Mm-hmm. And what happens is when a foreign body can pass that, whether it's glyphosate or now maybe peanut particle or something, mm-hmm. now it's passing into the bloodstream and it's getting hit by that, that immune system. Now the immune system is creating a resistance to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, preserving your gut is, is a great way to maybe prevent allergies mm-hmm. to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So un- unrelated to, to COVID-19, but right. certainly interesting. Well, let's, let's, let's get back to COVID-19 and, and talk a little bit more about that. Because I know you did, you've been, I'm sure, a lot of reading in, in, in the work, especially that you do. Um, what, are you, what, what, are you, what are you just, what are you finding out? What is worrying you? What's not worrying you? What's, what's helping you get through some of this? I, you know what? And I don't want to be um, the opposite of an alarmist. Mm-hmm. Um, what worries me more about this virus is the economic impact it's yeah. making, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, right. You know, to, to the president's point, you know, it is, is the treatment worse than the actual problem, mm-hmm. you know? I do worry about that. Um, what, what worries me is some of the other fringe articles coming out, uh, you know, explaining where this might have come from. That scares me yeah. a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, was it a weapons laboratory? We don't know at this point, right. you know, but right. that kind of stuff worries me. The virus itself, you know, it, I think it's, it's, it's something that, the vast majority of people on the other end of this line are going to be fine with. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. going to be fine with. So I think that we can get, draw some lessons from it. There's some certain things that you can do and I can do to maybe make ourselves, you know, or boost our immune systems against any virus. Mm-hmm. Because the flu has killed how many thousand people? 40,000 yeah, people read, since October. Between twenty and 45,000 people since October have died from the flu. So... You know, so let this maybe maybe broadly speaking, there are some things that you could do for any virus. You mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, vitamin C. Mm. It was an article I just saw um, New York Post uh, uh, published showing that they're using intravenous uh, vitamin C, fifteen hundred milligrams intravenous in New York, and they're seeing great benefit. Now that's they've been talking about that for years. You were talking about that. The, I think on a recent program with George. Yeah, sure. Like seven thousand milligrams of vitamin C. I'm thinking that's an awful lot of vitamin C. Well, well, not so much seven thousand milligrams. There's a there's a methodology to get to your specific mm-hmm. level of vitamin C your body can handle. It's mm-hmm. called a bowel tolerance method. So you take like a teaspoon of vitamin C powder, mix it in water, drink it, and if you don't have the runs. In the next half an hour, you do it again. Things you can do when you're quarantined. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Experiments, <laughs> Experiments at home. Exactly. When you're self-isolating. So you keep doing this. So if yeah. I've done this for an hour and a half and I've had, you know, six, uh, three teaspoons and all of a sudden I have a bowel movement, mm-hmm. well, three teaspoons is not my my high level, my threshold. I need to back it to the two teaspoons and that's kind of my so daily So what's in dose. a teaspoon of vitamin C? It's a few grams. Uh-huh. Um, and ultimately, the reason why... Vitamin C is so important for human beings. Um, human beings, primates, and guinea pigs are the only animals that don't produce their own vitamin C. And there's a reason for that. It's because, you know, historically, we're supposed to be getting that from the environment. Mm-hmm. We were designed to eat a lot of fruit, mm-hmm. a lot of fruit, and we don't do that anymore. So we're not getting... What about the guinea pigs? Desi- well, they're in the same... I guess... I, <laughs> that's I'm why not we sure use where they're getting... That's <laughs> why we use them for all of our experiments, I would imagine, right? <laughs> it's interesting. So, you know, for instance, you know, your dog, mm-hmm. you know, when it gets sick or it's, something's coming on, it starts producing its own vitamin C. We don't do that. So we definitely want to supplement vitamin C, right? Mm-hmm. Especially during cold season, flu season, whether it's COVID-19 or just a regular flu. Mm-hmm. Powdered vitamin C is not a bad solution. Hmm. That's definitely something we're doing in our household. And I recommend everyone do it. And go online and look up, you know, the bowel tolerance method Wait, to get you, it to your level. You, your wife, and eight children were doing this at home? 
I, my, At my, the same time? My protocol, <laughs> my protocol is even more aggressive. No wonder there's no toilet paper in New Jersey. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we all know our levels. <laughs> the Mars have it all. <laughs> we all have our levels. Yeah, we, we know, but we have, you know, when you have the little ones and everything. Yeah. And, you know, we're learning a lot more now. You know, when this first was being announced, mm. it, it was certainly sounded like it could be a lot worse, too. Right. So we started dosing elderberry. You know, I have an elderberry bush in my backyard. You can make a, a syrup from it, or you can just go to... Any, and the benefit of elderberry? It's antiviral, highly mm. antiviral. So you can get uh, elderberry syrup, black elderberry syrup in any drugstore. And the funny thing is, if you go on the shelves of drugstores, I'm still seeing elderberry there. It's a lot of people don't realize it's highly antiviral. Mm-hmm. You take a little teaspoon of that a couple times a day, it's syrup. It tastes actually nice. Mm-hmm phenomenal for your immune system maybe the biggest thing though you could do is change your diet mm-hmm. you know change your diet um plant-based diets high in, in, in berries and fruit very important uh, vegetables and so forth and then you decrease your amount of meat during times like this because meat will cause inflammation in the body and sugars which dampens the immune system if you want to be proactive that way that's a real simple solution just eat a little bit better mm. that's huge um I often talk about blueberries. Blueberries are one of the superfruits for the immune system. One cup of blueberries in, in studies have shown to double your natural killer count. One of your natural killer cells are what attack viruses and mm-hmm. bacteria. Mm. So you can double them with one cup of blueberries. You know, um, there's all these like cool like little hacks that are out there uh, that have been studied. You know, it takes a little bit of cardamom, just a little bit, or a little bit of black pepper. Throw them in your smoothie with your frozen blueberries. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to act as your ice, right? You know, throw in some apples, which have quercetin in there, you know. Throw in some pumpkin seeds, which have zinc. We talked a little bit right. about off the air about zinc, and we'll talk a little more about that. Blend that up, and now you have a super smoothie. You can double your natural killer count, and the cardamom and black pepper have been shown to actually make those natural killer cells more effective. So it's like it's like taking a new recruit, recruit out of Paris Island and turning him into a Navy SEAL. Wow. There you go. We need to have a little website, have all this listed yeah, there. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. absolutely. So I, I, I mentioned, excuse I, me, I mentioned uh, COVID nineteen right there. Press the button. Um, I mentioned quercetin. Quercetin yeah. is a is a flavonoid found in the skin of apples and mm. onions and so forth, and they're actually finding that that quercetin is acting as an amazing ferry for zinc. There's a study going back to 2010 that looked at that. And why is zinc important? Well, zinc is highly antiviral. Mm-hmm. So if you have zinc lozenges, you, you effectively can do some great damage to the viruses that are living in your mouth and in your throat and so forth. The challenge then becomes, well, how do I get it into the cell? And that's a challenge. And that's where quercetin has been shown, you know, that and, and green tea, the extracts in green tea, been mm-hmm. able to actually ferry some of that zinc into the cell. So that becomes a, a, an active way of attacking this particular virus. Mm. So you throw a little pumpkin seeds, which are high in zinc in there, and you have a little bit of your apples, keep your apple skins, you blend that up with your blueberries, and now all of a sudden you've done something very productive and you feel very good about yourself. Wow. Okay. Good. Now, so that's all That's all natural. Naturally. Natural. Yeah. But you mentioned to me before the program how it can't be solely that, you know, there, you do, there are medications and, and that we need that combine oh, have no a, about an it. enormous effect. Yeah, and I found in all of my research, whether it's cancer, diabetes, um, you know, in a situation like this, you know, you can go to, you know, get on a ventilator if you need it, you have to do it. They'll very mm-hmm. often pump you with Tamiflu, which is an antiviral. But maybe you can prevent even getting there by playing your role, like mm-hmm. with cancer, playing your role like George did. Mm-hmm. Change your diet. You know, there are certain supplements like George went on turkey tail mushrooms, Trimedes versicolor. Clinical studies have shown patients patients on chemotherapy have been able to quadruple their natural killer count on these turkey tail mushrooms. It's a natural mushroom that grow, grows, grows on logs. 
You can get it from on Amazon from almost any store. I, don't, I see them in the shelves still. No one even knows about them. Mm-hmm. And they're highly, highly productive at, at raising your immune system. Mm. So these are those little things you can do. And the, the irony is a lot of these are really whole foods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always leery about supplementation because if you take vitamins and, or a phytochemical that's isolated mm-hmm. in its own form, often that has caused problems. I'll give you an example. For years, they've been looking at tomatoes at improving prostate cancer, mm-hmm. you know, decreasing PSA scores. And they isolated, well, lycopene. Lycopene is inside tomato sauce. It must be lycopene. It's the, one of the most predominant phytochemicals in there. And then they commissioned some studies. And what they found was patients that were taking lycopene, the PSA score skyrocketed. Hmm. However, there was a study published a year ago where they went back on just the tomato paste a day mm-hmm. on, these, on these patients, mm-hmm. and their PSA scores went down. Oh, really? So we find this to be the case a lot of times that it's the compilation, how God arranged these phytochemicals in combination that tends to lend a better benefit than an isolate. There's, there's some exceptions, like curcumin mm-hmm. and turmeric seems to be really, really potent. But by and large, it's good whole foods mm-hmm. you know, that tend to, to have the, the best effect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think I shared with you guys uh, a while back, I was thinking when I was little, and I remember my mother would be standing at the, the counter there in the kitchen making meatballs with the raw chopped meat. And she would literally give us, a, she'd get a, a couple of you know, fingers full of chopped meat and put it in our mouths. We'd eat this raw chopped meat. <laughs> you know, I never thought anything never thought twice about it. You're killing me right now because my father used to do that and it grossed me out. I know. Oh, my God. Here, have some. She'd just take, dip her finger in and, and shove this raw <laughs> chopped meat in our mouths. But maybe that helped us as we were growing uh, up. You well, know, you know yeah. certainly your immune system was. was Obviously, it would have to be. You know, you're, you're, it, was, it knew what to fight. Right? <laughs> it was fighting yeah, the right yeah, stuff yeah, and yeah, not that's itself. Right. That's right. But to, these days, as you mentioned, with all, with all the, the way things have progressed or re- digressed, digressed um, it's, it's different today. They're just, people's immune systems are, are just have been so affected by what, what is being put into their bodies yeah. as a result of uh, yeah, processing it, it, and things. It's funny because we're not around the real uh, infections that we would have been when you were like a kid, for example, or, or your mom sticking that raw meat in your mouth, right. that, which I don't advocate anyone do. <laughs> but, um, but, but it knew what to fight in a sense. And yeah. what happens is when, this is the cleanliness theory, as you got more cleanly, the immune system now it was being attacked by toxins, different toxins, chemicals and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it goes crazy. And it starts attacking the body, like autoimmune diseases, like rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's disease and so forth. It manifests in many different ways. So there's a, you know, they, they've done studies on this. They looked at the Amish populations. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't have allergies. Mm. Amish people, percentage-wise, statistically, don't have allergies. Mm. And they've traced it back to actual, uh, the, from the dung of cows aerosolizing, going into the lungs, and there's an enzymatic reaction in the lungs and your body doesn't develop allergies. Really, how about that? So the closer we are to Earth, the better we are. You know, do your farming, you know, get get to that. So those wide-brim hats kind of made the (laughs) airflow go. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) It's the hats. They they can thank the hats. (laughs) There you go. I I, I don't know. Lakewood's hurting right now with the virus. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. I don't know about the hats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're not in the the wagons, though. So that's the key. The Amish are in the wagons. That's true. And they're not farming either. They're not farming. No, not in Lakewood. I've not seen any cows walking the streets. No, no, not at all. That's for sure. Not at all. Well, you know, we've got to consider all things and you know, all possibilities here. But So tell us a bit more about some of the other things that you've seen. We're going to have to take a break in a couple of minutes. But um, in your own research, things that have, again, have surprised you, things that, that you think is a lot of bunk? I mean, Well, you know, we were talking about this earlier. Um, with this particular virus, ibuprofen is not your fan. So mm-hmm. you get this virus, you're going to have a fever. And why would that be? Well, what they're seeing is ibuprofen is causing an inflammatory response in 
the presence of this particular virus. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to get something to reduce fever, you're going to reach for Tylenol now, acetaminophen. Mm-hmm. So that's good to know. That's that's really useful information because mm-hmm. everyone's got ibuprofen on and their And it's shelf. just this particular virus? It seems to be wow. just a particular mm-hmm. virus yeah. as far as as far as my research is mm-hmm. so. Now remember, this virus attacks the lungs. Right. And it's upper respiratory, it's, uh, right? It, it, well, no. So it's it's lungs. It's, it's lungs. It, you're not you're not really seeing it with regards to like um, stuffy nose no, or sneezing no, okay, and so forth. A very mm-hmm. low percentage of those mm-hmm. patients. It's a dry cough. Mm-hmm. It's a fever. Mm-hmm. That's typically how it manifests. Mm-hmm. That's they say those are the first. We had a doctor on yesterday. Said fever, high fever, and uh, a cough are you know then you really need to be, be a bit more concerned. The fever is a key, I think. Cause no, gonna, it is. You're not going to get a fever with a cold. With but a, the cough also. There's also another goofy. Um, Side effect uh, or or um, a symptom that they're seeing. I have an article from the Economic Times. How about this one? A lost sense of smell. Oh, I did read that. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, I can't smell anything. It has nothing to do. It's I have allergies and I got pops because of, I can't smell right. anything. So it's not coronavirus right. for me. But if you are someone who can actually smell, and all of a sudden you lose mm-hmm. your sense of smell, you got maybe a dry cough coming on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? You might want to make that phone call. Right. And that's that's what the CDC is recommending. Call first. So you can articulate your symptoms because what you don't want to do is show up at an urgent care or show up at a hospital. Right. You don't have this virus, and all of a sudden you're so exposed to it now for so people, people that are there. That's right. <laughs> so, That's right. So call. That's right. Call first and let them advise you what's what's best. Exactly. So I would say that that's one of the big tips is, um, you know, I, you know, acetaminophen versus um, ibuprofen mm-hmm. is definitely a big tip. And although not completely immune, children are not high risk. No, and that's funny because in a lot of outbreaks, it's the children and the elderly, and of course immunocompromised, mm-hmm. that are at highest mm-hmm. risks. For whatever reason, the children don't seem to be at high risk. I either. heard one one doctor saying because children have such healthy lungs that their lung capa- their, be, their lungs yeah. are capa- and very healthy. There's been nothing that has, you know, uh, compromised that. Yeah, and that would make sense because the people that are young that are struggling are, have respiratory conditions mm-hmm. in some fashion, whether it's asthma, whether they're smokers, whether. The, the vaping doesn't seem to be too bad, but I wouldn't want to be a vapor. I this. wouldn't want to, no. I wouldn't you know, um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. So that's a great theory. <laughs> Maybe it's as simple as that. Because right. it's true with any virus or bacteria. It, it, it's it's a battle against time, mm-hmm. ultimately. You know, if you can live long enough in the presence of, say, like a really bad virus, your body will overcome it. Mm-hmm. You, you'll build immunity. So it becomes, I need to gain time. Right. So that's one of the key strategies. Right. And that's what they're doing with the ventilators. They're just, you know, they're treating them with, with the things they can, the mm-hmm. vitamin Cs and, and the Tamiflus and all those things. But it's, it's just about giving them more time for the body to ultimately win that fight. Okay. We're talking with Bill Maher. You recognize his voice, co-host of Brothers in Arms. I'm going to take a quick break here, but uh, listeners, if you'd like to uh, text me any kind of questions you have for Bill, how about that, Bill? We'll take some text questions. Uh, just You can text the number 609-493-8255. That's 609-493-8255. If you have any questions or comments, we'd be happy to take them. Again, just text me, 609 609- Four nine three eight two five five. We'll take a quick break. Be back in just a few, so don't go away.
Pope Francis said, the key that opens the door to faith is prayer. Join St. Paul Street Evangelization by running a prayer station in the public square. You don't need to be a professional apologist or theologian. Just listen to the needs of the people you encounter. Offer encouragement, take prayer requests, and pray with people. Find out more and get involved today at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. The Eucharist is the greatest of all the sacraments because it contains in a substantial way the person of Christ who is the author of life. It is the one sacrament to which all of the other sacraments look. Imagine six arrows in a circle, all pointing to a center. The center is the Eucharist. The six arrows are the other sacraments. The Eucharist is the sun around which the other sacraments revolve as planets. All the other sacraments share in its power, and they perfect themselves in the celebration of the Eucharist. It is a sacrament that is so sublime that human reason could never guess at it. Divine love is far deeper than we know. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Falsington to Fort Monmouth. Point Pleasant to Pennington. Seagirt to Spotswood. From Yardley to Yardville. Silverdale to Seagirt. Southampton to Seaside Heights. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. All righty, welcome back. Uh, again, this week we're having kind of special editions of Come to Me. I'm inviting guests to come in and chat about 
the virus. Uh, and uh, today, joining me is a very familiar voice here to our domestic church media listeners, Bill Maher, who is the co-host of Brothers in Arms with George Rose. And uh, Bill has been sharing his insight as, again, what's your official title at, at your place of business? I'm, I'm a regional director. Of? Uh, biocomposites. Oh, biocomposites. Covered called biocomposites, yeah. Okay, there you go. So we, we deal in infection, basically. All right, all right. So, and well, I feel lonely, by the way. I, 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 I know, there's an empty chair. I, I, there's an empty, there's chair, an empty chair in the studio. <laughs> I, I'm pining for my uh, my left lung. I'm the you're, right lung. You're looking the, right, looking the wrong direction now, looking over this way instead of to your left to, to see your, your, your uh, confrere there. Um, but I did put the word out, uh, Bill, if anybody has any questions for you, Mm-hmm. Um, they're free to text us questions, 609-493-8255. And we want to get to the spiritual side of this. But before we do that, would you mind if we shared some yeah, of these? Sure. Just to give your insights here. Um, the first question says, Jim, thanks for having Bill. He's given us great info on natural prevention. Are there any websites you would recommend? Well, relative to this um, particular virus, uh, the CDC uh, is constantly updating their information, which is great, their website. And the real hotspot website, and you see it on all the news channels, is Johns Hopkins. Mm-hmm. They're tracking the virus. Um, so if, if, you know, CDC probably has more on guidelines and so forth, that, those are the two places the that I would go. Control. Yeah. yeah, we hear that a lot now, CDC. Um, and Johns Hopkins University? Yep. Okay. They're, they're actually uh, really on the forefront with this. Okay. Uh, another question, uh, does antibacterial hand soap work any better than non-antibacterial soap to clear the skin from the virus? Yeah, as long as they're, they're, they're lipid-based, phospholipid-based, uh, basically that it just breaks down fat, right? Um, so, so when you're scrubbing your pots with soap and you've just maybe fried some bacon, you notice that the soap really binds up those fats. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what soap does, and that's what soap does so well against this virus because it, there's, a, there's a lipid component to this virus on the membrane and you're just breaking that down so you know any any good soap would be uh totally effective but no it doesn't have to be antibacterial necessarily no remember viruses are different than bacteria interesting about viruses viruses aren't even alive Mm -hmm. Uh, it's kind of a mystery in medicine But they mutate they do but but they they really do require your cells Whereas like a bacteria can, you know, in a healthy environment, Mm -hmm. you know, in a healthy environment, one bacterium can make 280 billion bacteria in a single day through multiplication. Pretty amazing, right? Um, I majored in communications, Bill. (laughs) 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 I'm a communications major. (laughs) Don't start getting heavy and deep on me here, scientifically. Uh, They're just a little bit different, right? They're a little bit different. Um, But there's, it's a funny thing about this viruses, and we, we talked about this off air, there seems to be a cross-pollination with one of the treatments. Azithromycin is a macrolide antibiotic, which actually ter- attacks the surface or membrane of a bacteria, mm-hmm. not a virus. But it seems to have antiviral activity as well with this particular virus, okay. COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And it's been seen in a couple other viruses and studies mm-hmm. that has this effect. So you're seeing um, they're comboing the azithromycin mm-hmm. with the, 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 the uh, quinine-based uh, Now, there are antiviral drugs. medications. There are, right? like right. Tamiflu is a great example. I know when I, about 20 years ago, I had the shingles. I don't know. I had the shingles. They gave me an antiviral for that. I had never heard of an antiviral. Sure, absolutely. Right. Vi- they're notoriously very difficult to mm-hmm. treat, mm-hmm. but there are some good antivirals out mm-hmm. there for sure. Okay. Uh, one more question, then we'll move on to the next topic. But um, let's see. This question, uh, my husband and daughter... Both had a severe respiratory infection before the virus got bad in New Jersey. They didn't run fevers, however. Is it possible they had the coronavirus? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, Even without a fever? It, it, well, remember that these symptoms are, they can be very, very mild. Mm-hmm, right. Um, 
Anything's possible. Uh, and by the way, they could have had a coronavirus. A coronavirus. <laughs> Maybe not COVID-19. I just had a corona, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> but a coronavirus. They could have... <laughs> That's not necessarily I, good. No, but I, I, I tell you, I, I've, I've been saying it on the end. I told you, and, and Cheryl and I, we, we insist she had this thing. We insist back in the in the... In yeah. December, because I went back to our Possible. archive program, December 6th, Cheryl was so sick she couldn't even come to do the uh, Friday Live with me, and I was here by myself, and I was talking about this horrible cough. She had the fever, the, the sore throat. I was talking about it on the air, and this is archived from December 6th. We can, go, we can find it on our website, I think, or on our, uh, our SoundCloud page. Um, so people have probably have had it. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't imagine why it wouldn't be the case. I mean, yeah. one person leaves the Wuhan district back in December and has it. I mean, exponentially, it could have been spread. I mean, mm-hmm. we just don't know. Yeah. It just it wasn't classified COVID nineteen. It's possible. Yeah, it is possible. But and and the antibody blood tests are would tell, but they're not really widely being done right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, they're being used where they're really needed at this mm-hmm. point. I mean, just look at New York City, over 20,000 cases, almost really half the cases in the U.S. are in New York City. Right. I mean, in my world, it's shutting down all the hospitals. You know, I have um, I have people that are in surgery with, with surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, plastic surgeons, and so forth, my guys, my reps, and their electives are all shut down. Even mm-hmm. revisions are shut down. They're just they're doing nothing Yeah. because they're treating the virus. Is it and I, this is something I thought I heard those statistics earlier about, the, especially New York City. Is is it necessary to hospitalize all of these people? No, in fact, they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why calling in is so important because eighty percent of these people are don't require hospitalization and can manage just by just quarantining and 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 taking you know your acetaminophen. We don't want to take mm-hmm. the ibuprofen, right? And and just treating it that way. Of course, boosting your immune system um, is 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 very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, 15, what they're seeing from New York City is 15% of the people require hospitalization. So do do them a, a, a favor and call first. So if someone walks into an emergency room, they're going to automatically hospitalize them? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, they're going to be triaged. But I, I would say that, you know, do you really want to be sitting in an emergency room a lounge for six hours with people coming in and out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah, probably right. don't. Right. Call. You know, the CDC has recommendations. If you have severe symptoms, you can't breathe, things like that, then obviously go right to the hospital. But I think that the, the smart money is make the phone call, mm-hmm. you know, explain your symptoms, and they're going to tell you what to do at that point. Yeah. You know, that's the, the, the safe and conservative thing mm-hmm. to do. You know, I, I read a headline a couple of days ago, and I'm not, I don't mean to be chucking at it, but just shows you how weird things have gotten. The mayor of Baltimore, this is a headline in the, in the Baltimore in the Sun, I think. The mayor asked the people of Baltimore to stop shooting each other so there'd be more beds in the hospital for coronavirus victims. <laughs> do, do your part. Come Come on. On. Crips and Bloods, do your part. Stop shooting. I couldn't, I, like, how, how strange has this situation gotten, you know? Just uh, so, which takes us then, I guess, to the spiritual side, Bill, because, you know, there is this, obviously a, we as Catholics have our, oh, by the way, one more quick thing. Cheryl said she wants the recipe for that super shake, whatever. Oh, yeah, yes. We yeah. should post it on our website. You we should, send, yeah, send we it can, to We'll put it on there. Uh, uh, we'll call it COVID-19 super shake. Okay, there we go. So get it to her. <laughs> she, she wants to try it. Um, but, you know, we as Catholics are facing a, a very, very unusual situation, especially with all the masses that we can't go to yeah, anymore. Yeah, crazy. People say, you know, what have you given up for Lent? I say, we say everything. We've, <laughs> we've given it all up. You know, we, we don't we don't have anything that we, you know, we have no mass, no no Eucharist. Um, but there is, so there's a, a, a very strong spiritual side to this. And you mentioned some, what would you call them, holy? Well, the, the, you know, I, 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 got, I thought about this uh, 
During the, the bubonic plague in mm-hmm. Europe, there was a great devotion to the 14 holy helpers. Holy helpers, okay. And these are a, a group of 14 saints that uh, were known for infectious disease, things like that. And some of them we know real well. St. George, right? The dragon slayer, right? St. Blaise, you know, we, we always get our, our, you know, our necks blessed and so forth. St. Giles, St. Dennis, St. Eustace, St. Erasmus, St. Syriacus, if I'm saying that right, St. Christopher, right? St. Christopher. Mm. St. Vitus, or affectionately for you Italians, St. Guy. St. <laughs> Pantaleon, St. Achaeus, I can't pronounce that right. St. Barbara, St. Catherine of Alexandria, which was in your, uh, uh, Egypt, and St. Margaret. So these saints, there's a great Catholic history of going to them mm. in times of distress, particularly plague times. So mm-hmm. I thought that that was kind of neat. Very good. Well, there is a saint, you've probably heard about the St. Corona. Yeah, oh, did yeah. You hear about that saying North Italy? She, she doesn't appreciate it right, right. now. <laughs> That's right. She's getting a lot of. All of a sudden, she's busy. I've been waiting centuries. Nothing to do up here. And all of a sudden, I'm getting all these all these requests. She's uh, get, uh, you know, get get on the stick, Saint Corona. You know, the people are all the prayer requests going up there. But um, well, yeah. there'll be a few miracles from Saint Corona. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, you'll see her updated. The patron saint of uh, our <laughs> <Right>. faction. <laughs> There'll be medals struck. There'll be statues all of a sudden. She'll be one of the most popular. But she will. And, and and listen, as Catholics, we know that we go to our our uh, the communion of saints for for assistance. Well, they're our brothers and sisters. That's, that's right? right. I mean, that's it's a great uh, point of evangelization. Why do we do that? Mm-hmm. You know, we we are a people of hope. We believe that we're living within the church militant. You know, we're at war with the world mm-hmm. in the sense as 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 men and women, Christian men and women. But there's also the church triumphant. We mm-hmm. have these brothers and sisters, sisters that are in heaven right now before God, and they're still our brothers, just like you're my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's the church suffering in purgatory, yeah. no doubt about it. So yeah. we, why why not go to these these great? You know, listen, Jesus is a Jewish boy. Mm-hmm. A Jewish boy doesn't say no to his Jewish mother. That's right. So we've known that forever. You got you got to listen. Take it to Jesus, but also you know a couple prayers to Mary is not a bad thing. That's right. Now you know today, and and we we. Um, let people know about it. This morning, it was 7 o'clock our time, noon Rome time. A few days ago, the Holy Father asked the entire world, not just Catholics, yeah. but but Catholics, Christians of all traditions, at, at noon Rome time, which was 7 a.m. our time, to pray the Our Father. Just raise up that prayer, as he did last week when he asked, called the world together for a Holy Rosary at the same yes, time. Yes, he did. Uh, and then this coming Friday, he's going to have a holy hour. But also, uh, he's offering plenary indulgence with the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. Yes, that's right. Which is a beautiful set of prayers using the rosary beads, for those mm-hmm. that don't know it. It's a, I mean, you read St. Faustina's diary, mm-hmm. really powerful stuff. So, listen, I, I, I see this as a great time of hope in a lot of ways, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's something a, a mutual friend of ours said to me years and years ago. It was in like a study circle. He said, you know what, as Catholics, as Christians, we are a people of hope. Mm-hmm. We're a people of joy. We have good news. The gospel is good news. So we need to live that message. So I, we need to be ones with smiles on our faces. Absolutely. When people are running away with masks, you know, we need, need to be the ones, you know, waving at them and whatnot. This is who we are. That's right. And uh, that's not, this, is, this, I think, is a great opportunity to exercise that muscle. It is. Now... Uh, if I can go to another, another question, and this is something that, that came up just a couple of days ago. In fact, Bishop sent over a, a message we've been playing about the situation I mentioned to you. Um, you're probably aware that the governor of New Jersey a couple of days ago um, had an executive order signed uh, saying that there could be no elective surgeries allowed in New Jersey. And um, we yesterday we mentioned that, and the doctor was on. So that's because that's more so for the sake of the, the health care workers. Yeah. But he did say that there's an exception to that, sadly, and that being um, 
the termination of pregnancies. It doesn't make any sense to no, me whatsoever. It doesn't. It doesn't. Someone just called and said, yeah, do you have any thoughts on, on, on that? I guess uh, from it's both called sides. politics. Mm. Um, it, it's, yeah, I, it's ideology and politics, and it's sad. It's sad how um, you know, the, the, the two ends of our community, uh, the elderly and the young, are the least valued in this particular culture mm-hmm. when they were venerated in every other culture. Right. You know, if you're if you're an old man, you were a wise man. You're old woman. You you know you went to you went to grandma for wisdom. Nowadays, you know they're kicked to the side. We, we send them to, to to homes. Right. And the children, the babies, they're not valued either. Just it's a sad, right. uh, sad reflection and, on where we're at. And today, actually, the Holy Father again, getting back to Pope Francis, he did in his because his Wednesday Journal audience said the church's pro-life message is more relevant today than ever. Yeah. About the protection of life and, and the dig- dignity of life and how, you know, I guess he's also, I didn't read the whole statement, but I'm, I'm sure as you just mentioned in Italy. He's vulnerable. He's uh, over he, 60. He's right. He's one of the ones. <laughs> but remember now he, even a few weeks ago, had the cough and he was, they showed him coughing. and He might said, have it. He, they said he didn't have it, but, you know, who, who, knows? <laughs> who knows? He's not going to say. Well, wait, 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 what you were mentioning, because I don't think we mentioned it uh, on air, was... Uh, Italy has announced that they are not going to be treating anyone over age 60. Mm. There's their healthcare system is so overwhelmed, I guess, that they're not doing that. And you know, there's, I, I look at this from both sides and I'm trying to, trying to understand putting your, your efforts into those that will succeed the most with therapy. Mm-hmm. But, but man, well, that's a hard, that's hard medicine. There's a certain de- devaluing of human life when you do that at the same time. So I, I struggle with this one. Yeah. Um, you know, 60's not so far away. <laughs> I'm looking uh, at him. I'm like, oh. 60's in my rearview mirror. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's right. my issue here. But so. uh, it's sad because that, and that's something that people feared when, even when the whole Obamacare issue was being debated, that was something that was of a concern that there would yeah. be a what they call the death panel, or you know, who would decide who who gets treatment and who doesn't, and who's whose value, whose life is more valuable yeah. at a certain point, you know, and, and it's, it's, it is pretty scary. It is. It's why philosophically unrelated to all this, I'm a, I'm a, a small government, big person person, as mm-hmm. opposed to a big government, small person. Right. I don't like the idea of being uh, told what I can and can't do in a free society. So, um, but that's again, maybe not the scope of this. <laughs> well, no, but it is, it is something I think we're, we're all dealing with. Now, for instance, you're here in the studio with me today. We're six feet apart. We are. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> but um, you drove over here. You were told to stay. You know, you were told, unless it's essential, stay home. Don't go anywhere. How do you feel about that? I, oh, completely fine, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm not saying don't, you know. I mean, I'm not saying don't. When the troopers come in to get us, yeah, exactly. uh, take us out in cuffs. <laughs> Lock those doors, Jim. <laughs> Taking us out. Oh, we won't go. <laughs> you know, well, well, let's be fair. What did I do? I climbed into my car. I drove here. I got out. I didn't see Nobody a single else person here. but no, you. That but I, me. And we're healthy six feet away from that's right so we're, we're obeying <laughs> now because I, 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 I live across the river there but here you still can go grocery grocery shopping well absolutely yeah. yeah i mean if you could find what you're looking for yeah um and and that's and, and that's the funny thing like we were joking about toilet paper to, I, I, first of all you know there's a joke saying that you know the next virus the upper respiratory virus that, or lower respiratory <laughs> virus comes out what's going to be gone is nasal spray right it's <laughs> like we, we got toilet paper i don't get it either I, i've never understood that part of it but it's like, you know it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I just need normal, uh, normal toilet paper yeah. for my normal run. So, but, but uh, yes, you can get go to the stores, um, and uh, there actually they, there seems to be a restocking that's occurring. I'm seeing mm-hmm. stuff that was wiped out. Maybe that second. No pun intended. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but still, not not you know uh, toiletries, right? Yeah, no. you know, well, or anti or bacterial viral uh, you know the hand, hand sanitizer. But you can make your own. They say I don't know how to do it, but 
dip your hand in a glass of scotch, I suppose that would take care of that. Well, that's that's hey, only 60% of that. Well, that, that. That was the methodology during the Civil War, right? Just pour the scotch on that there. That was it. You know, whiskey. Whiskey was the, was the cure-all, wasn't it? <laughs> well, alcohol, right? You're bite on a bullet. <laughs> get things taken care of. Muscle through it. That's right. Um, we have about uh, maybe th- four or five minutes left. So uh, kind of wrapping up a little bit, What are there any? is there anything else you need, you want to discuss with the listeners about where we are, what to do? Prevention, obviously, is, is a key. I think so. Just, you know, to to first of all be a person of joy right. you you're supposed to be the happy people on the other end of this right mm-hmm. you know what first peter three fifteen says always be ready willing and to give a reason for your hope mm-hmm. you, you got to have a smile in your fellows mm-hmm. to have hope right, right. so so you know in, in you know internalize that message that w- the gospel is good news right first and foremost but god gave you a brain mm-hmm. use it so you know don't do anything stupid you know i'm not advocating you run around and you know in, in crowded places i mean be smart about it right you don't want to even if you've got a strong immune system, which most people are going to be fine with this, you, what you don't want to do is, is catch it, not mm. even know it, and go see grandpa right. and all of a sudden give it to him, right? So be smart. Uh, boost your immune system. And we talked about some of the strategies for doing that, you know, with the biggest thing being just a good diet. Uh, and, and ultimately, if, if you think you got this, make, make the phone call, give the symptoms and see what the, uh, you know, the facility, whether it's an urgent care or emergency room, wants you to do. Mm-hmm. And that's something, too, as, as we were saying before the program, too. I, I'm not really. I'm not really worrying. I'm not really panicking. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, you know, Cheryl and I are kind of going through the steps and saying, okay, but I'm not. I, just, I don't know whether it's just it's our faith. I suppose you know we, you know, we, we trust in the Lord and He's He's in control and uh, yeah. uh, nothing. No virus is more stronger than God and and more powerful than God. So God, while His permissive will will allow certain things to happen, but always. To being a greater good out of that, we talked about that a little bit too. Families are coming together and yep. doing things together, yep. <laughs> interacting. You know, yep. family spending time together. Right. I mean, if this is a great How time. How's it in your house? Growth. A lot of board games. <laughs> a lot of board games. Okay. You know, it's been raining so much, I can't go outside with the kids. But right. a lot of board games, yeah. uh, time together, being silly. Yeah, um, I certainly have that bone in me. Um, it's. A, I think. It, I think there's a great humbling uh, that's going on for our society too, mm-hmm. um, which I think is healthy. Mm. So hopefully we come out of this, hopefully in weeks, hopefully really in weeks we can get ahead of the curve and, and people can be a little bit more kind, a little bit more introspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, those, I would see those as good things. Yeah. The yeah. president keeps talking about Easter. I don't know if he's, he's hopeful, uh, how, hopeful. Yeah, he's hopeful. how realistic that is, but hopeful. And I, I like I like the analogy he's drawing. He says the beautiful day is, obviously has, has other great meanings. But it would be a great resurrection for the country to come out uh, around that time to just come oh, back no and come out of this. Uh, stronger and uh, and I'm hoping and praying people become more faithful. That that uh, people realize now, especially those of us, you know, we can't go to mass, we can't receive, and and we realize what we had that we don't have right now that we can have again. Yeah, perspective. And let's make sure that we go back and 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 go back strong and bring others with us. I, yeah. I, I don't know how how that if that will happen. I know after nine eleven, you know, the two or three weeks following that tragedy. It was like Christmas and Easter every Sunday. It was, but that waned. That, that it was, that, and, and we were the nation was galvanized because we've gotten so polarized yes. in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in some ways, I think it's artificial stuff, and that's where an event like this is actually great because it galvanizes people. People yes. realize they have a lot more in common right. than they have. You know, you know. There was a time. Uh, it was. It was right after the, the maybe a day or two after uh, the tr- the attack on the World Trade Center. We were driving up. My aunt died the day after the World Trade Center, and she lived in North Jersey. And we were driving up to her wake, but we stopped, and we, the kids were little, and we were coming out of a we stopped to eat, uh, and we we were coming out of the restaurant, and there were two or three other uh, women coming out, 
And it was 7 o'clock, and the president had called for, for the nation to pray at 7 o'clock. And they said, oh, it's 7 o'clock. Let's all just right now, just for a moment, just pray wow. together. And yeah. just we were just in a circle. We didn't even know who these people were. But we were all just sitting there praying. And That's awesome. That doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> it, it doesn't. But you know what? It, it talks about what's under the belly of, of Americans. Because mm. that doesn't really happen anywhere else in the world. Very right. few places. Right. And there really is great decency in a lot of the American people. We just need to be shook up a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're comfortably numb, as Pink Floyd says, you know, <laughs> with all of our devices and everything. And we're, we're just not... And a moment like this, maybe it just wakes us up. And yeah. that's how I'm very hopeful. Yeah, I am too. You. Yeah, I am. But your insight for great, Bill. We appreciate that. Appreciate what you do for us here at the Apostolate as well, you and George. Brothers do, in Arms. Do a great job, Brothers in Arms, every first Friday, 6 p.m. and the following Saturday at 11 a.m. Do uh, They do a great job together. And you guys have come a long way. You just come in here and do your thing, and you know exactly what to do. So we appreciate that. And, and congratulations on a very successful conference you, you, you got in we just did. under the wire there <laughs> we did we had uh, we had a huge conference uh catholic men for jesus christ conference it was phenomenal mm-hmm. great speakers and now we're looking forward to next year yeah well we too and i, I was thinking about that 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 was probably a week or so before all this i was worried right and i think there was even a little bit of a some people stayed home i think even that early yeah, you know, yeah. but but listen you made it under the wire it was a great great conference and we look forward to uh next year's as well and uh continued success on uh, your program and and uh Thanks for all you do. This is the good, good wisdom. Now, again, Cheryl said, she texted me again, make sure you get that smoothie recipe, she says. So. I, I, will, I will write it up. <laughs> all right. I'll write it up. Again, but we'll post it on our website, maybe get it up there for everybody to see. And, uh, friends, just reminding you that uh, tomorrow, uh, it's Thursday, Friday, Cheryl will be here with me for Friday Live. And uh, we have um, uh, oh, a beautiful little book that we're going to talk about, um, p- grandparents and pray- prayers for your grandchildren. But also, Father Jim Grogan is going to join us, and he's going to talk about spiritual health throughout this uh, crisis. Father Jim, the pastor of Nativity over in uh, Fairhaven, will join us. So be sure you tune in then. And don't forget, friends, that we are here because of you, that we know things are tough for a lot of people, but we can only survive by you, your prayers, and your support. So please, if you can, in whatever capacity, whatever way you can, make an online donation. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. Click on the Donate Now button and make a donation of any type. We need this type of media. We need Catholic media out there. We need to be bringing the good news and the hope and the joy uh, to the people because the mainstream media can get you, really drag you down and pull you under. So make this a special place that you come to as a haven of hope and a beacon of light. Okay, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Bill, for being here. Thank you. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I'll see you tomorrow. Come, Father.